0: everyone. Happy holidays. Welcome to the special holiday episode of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian small press authors with host Eva Pulova. Today we will chat with children's author Melinda Falgu, who will announce the details of her book giveaway at the end of the interview. Melinda is an international award-winning author of fiction for children and adults. Her work has appeared in Reader's Digest, Writer's Journal, Alfred Hitchcock, Mystery Magazine, and Harlequin Books. Welcome, Melinda. Thank you so much for having me, Emma. Thank you for being here. Let's talk about the Curious Casebook of Katie Q. Pot. Move over, Sherlock Holmes. There's a new detective in town and her name is Katie. All right. Tell us all about Katie. I want to know everything about Katie. Everything to know about Katie. Wow. Where to
1: begin? Well, Katie just hit the bookshelves for the first time this past July, and she's already been touring some of the local libraries here in Louisiana as she visited the Plaquemines Parish summer, uh, bleh, bleh, summer Library Reading Program. And the fun thing about Katie's book is that it's actually 10 separate mystery stories inside the book. And 10-year-old Katie is not your average 10-year-old. She's got a keen eye for detail, and she solves some of Freiberg's most baffling crimes. And it's no mystery why crooks don't stand a chance. And the fun thing about it is that after each of her mystery stories, there's an associated STEM or STEAM project. And the kids at the Plaquemines Parish Library this summer got to do just that kind of a thing as we read the Clever Cheese Curl Caper, which is the first story in the book. And we did the activity right after it, which is make your own fingerprint powder. We had a great time learning about patent prints, latent prints, plastic prints, and they got to make the fingerprint powder, dusted and found fingerprints on their own seats. They also made plastic putty and learned about plastic prints and they took their own fingerprints on a fingerprint card to learn about latent prints. It was a great time had by all. And now, if you pick up your copy of The Curious Casebook of Katie Q. Putt, you can have your own fun right along with Katie and match wits as you try to solve the case right along with her and then turn to the back of the book where our solutions are to see if you're just as clever.
0: That sounds challenging <laughs> who doesn't love a great child and I am older than 10 years
1: the grown-ups had just as much fun as the kids
0: I believe they, that. they were asking for their own materials yes so. I would too so Melinda what inspired your book what inspired you to write this So growing up,
1: I always had a keen interest in mystery stories. I grew up reading Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew um, and Encyclopedia Brown by Donald Sobel. And I thought that we needed to kind of have a character like that, but a younger, stronger, smarter, young girl for girls to look up to. And then of course, adding in that twist with the STEM and the STEAM activities after it just makes it all the much more entertaining, educational, and I like to call it edutainment uh, for kids to pick up and match wits with somebody their own age and show themselves that they really are. Our kids today are incredibly smart and it's up to us to give them some of the things that they can have fun with, look up to, be inspired by, because after all, our kids are our future. And, you know, if they don't have something to give them that little extra push, but still have fun doing it, you know, What does that really say for us as adults if we're not
0: giving them something like that to look to? (laughs) A lot. (laughs) So who inspired the main character, Katie? Is there a lot of you in Katie or how did you craft this main character? So I think if you talk to a lot of authors, you'll probably
1: wind up with a similar answer essentially there's a little bit of us in absolutely every single character that we create uh even the bad guys uh, yes. as human beings mm-hmm. we all have a little bit of the light and a little bit of the dark in us and um I don't know about you, but I have about a billion voices in my head at any one time. That's why I love calling myself a writer, because it justifies the voices in my head. Um, but, so, but there definitely is a lot of me in Katie. It was the, the nature of puzzles mm-hmm. always intrigued me. Uh, the idea of being one step ahead of the grown-ups and figuring things out mm-hmm. just because I paid attention to some little detail that they may have overlooked because they were too busy with their adult lives. Uh, the essential idea of always staying curious mm-hmm. is an idea that I love. And so, yes, a lot of me went into Katie's So what were some of the
0: challenges in writing this? Well, (laughs) whenever you write something that is, (laughs) even if it's secretly
1: educational, um, is to make sure that you are quoting the right facts, that you have all the information correct. And so I did a lot of talking with, some, you know, professionals in the different industries. Uh, I spoke to folks at the museums because we have one activity and story in the book that deals with an art theft. And so we talked, the activity that's associated with that is about Piet learning how to paint, like Piet Mondrian. And so I did research with uh, museum specialists, with forensic specialists, uh, with some scientists, things like that. Um, So that was a little on the challenging side, but a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, When I research a book, any book, Katie or any of the other books that I have written, it's always such a joy to do the research because uh, the, the best teacher remains forever a student. And so I, I love to find things out. I don't think that that aspect of my personality will ever diminish no matter how old I get.
0: Okay, so what have what new things have you found out during this process
1: throughout this
0: well, new book? I learned about the
1: different types of fingerprints. Um, oh. you know, I, I mean, that was something, you know, I, I, mean, I had no idea what a plastic print was or what a patent print was or anything like that. Um, so I learned about that. Um, I knew a little bit about Piet Mondrian because of some of the art history classes that I took mm-hmm. throughout college um, but the art world and the the different uh, schools of art you know the impressionists the abstract artists mm-hmm. all of that stuff just has always intrigued me uh, I think possibly it has a lot to do with being a creative myself yes. and discovering where these folks get their, you know, got their inspiration from what Mm -hmm. drove them as artists uh, has always been super, super interesting.
0: So are you more of a children's author or an adult author?
1: I have more children's books currently on the shelves because The sense of creativity that goes with that comes a lot faster to me. Mm -hmm. But um, I do have both thicker middle grade, like I have a 60,000 word middle grade action adventure novel, The Gubbins Club, The Legend of Charlie's Gold which okay. actually went on to be a New York Book Festival Award winner, as well as being a five-star reader's favorite award winner. And you can mm-hmm. see that's a pretty thick book. That's um, a thick book. Book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a middle grade action adventure. Um, and then I also have The Eye of the Storm, which is an adult action thriller. Uh, that one was a Clive Cussler Adventure Wri- Writer Society um, finalist. Uh, We have uh, that one's one of those big, bad James Bond type end of world, only one guy can save it type of uh, stories. Uh, So with a little dry humor thrown in for good measure. And we have one that is coming out very, very soon. It's actually with the printer. We're just with the supply chain issues that have been going on. That yeah. everybody's yeah. experiencing. We yeah. don't have that one in our hot little hands yet. But that is called The Augers Assassin, a Read Between the Vines mystery. And that is an adult yeah. cozy mystery. And then mm-hmm. I also was a participant in two of Harlequin's writing round robins, which wound up with two published books uh, with that. We have The Rancher and the Rose and Thin Ice. So and you know i mean i i kind of have a foot in both worlds uh no. it, depends, it depends on what
0: muse drank her cappuccino that morning sounds like it <laughs> but how do you balance these two how do you balance your writing for children with your writing for adults M- meaning how do i switch gears yes or-, or how do you switch gears and you don't have problems like I don't know I can't imagine being a strictly adult writer. I can't imagine writing for kids or vice versa. I don't I guess I'm not as versatile. I don't know. I just can't imagine that. So you have no problem uh-huh. switching between the two? Not really. Um, I actually also write
1: screenplays, which is an entirely entirely different format. Yeah. And you definitely have to switch gears because as a novelist, of course, you know, you have to paint the picture for Mm -hmm. the reader and in screenplay format. You don't do that. You don't do that. That's not your job. Your job is to
0: tell the story (laughs) you know i I, I can write a screenplay but i can't imagine switching these two you know writing for kids and then a different um, one for writing i think for me it's quite
1: simple because i also illustrate many of my children's books that makes sense if i i and i usually will begin you know by like kind of sketching some ideas out and Those sort of, and and all of my illustrations are extremely playful. We have Her Royal Majesty, the Superhero Bride of Frankenstein. How cute! She's cute! When a piece of toilet paper gets stuck to the bottom of Lizzie McGillicuddy's shoe, it could prove to be the single worst disaster in the entire history of the freckled-faced third-grader's career until the errant strand of tissue becomes a fantastical queen's train, a magical superhero's cape, and finally, a spooky bride's veil, proving that a little positive thinking can change your whole outlook on life and save the class costume contest. So so I get into the the fun and the playfulness Mm -hmm. of it. And that helps me get into that frame of mind of childhood whimsy. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: When I'm doing an adult, if I know I am sitting down to Mm -hmm. work on one of my adult pieces, I go to the research. I go almost inevitably. It's a newspaper article, a magazine article, Mm -hmm. or something that sparked the idea and I almost always will go back and reread that original yep. sparking idea to get me back into that frame of mind, to, to rekindle whatever that initial yep. you know, flame was that, that got the fires going. And that helps me you know kind of shift gears and get, okay, this is what this is about. So yep. I, I do have, the same uh, thing. Yeah, I'm working on a novella right now. It's actually in second edits called The Devil She Knows. And it is a heady mix of voodoo and the um, Red Market. And I won't go into too much more of what Red Market is. Uh, Yeah, Curious Mind. Next time, next time. Yeah. Um, but that one, uh, is a very off the beaten path for what I usually write. Okay. Uh, so yes, yeah, so it, 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 you know, <laughs> sometimes it, it just, it, it, whatever strikes my fancy, oh, at yeah. the moment, um, usually my muse smacks me upside the head with a wooden spatula or something and says, Hey, you need to write this. I, and I, I tend to listen. <laughs>
0: <I know>. Good. <laughs> so what are the major takeaways from this book, from your newest release? Oh, always stay
1: curious. Uh, that, that's that got to be the biggest takeaway. Um, that's really what I was shooting for when I started to write it because it's curiosity that drives the creators of the world. It's the for, for writers, it's our e- eternal what if. Um, and it's not just low, you know, j- lo, just with writers. That's that that we're not the only inventors and creators that are out there who should be saying what if. Um, you know, it's the, the what ifs that will someday hopefully cure cancer. It's mm-hmm. the what ifs that are already taking humans into space uh, on a, you know, tourist basis, if you will, um, with an eye towards the colonization of faraway planets. It's the what ifs that will hopefully, you know, solve world peace Uh, And that's really what I was going for with this fun, exciting book that encourages kids to stay curious, ask the what ifs, pay attention to the details, but have fun doing it.
0: How do you juggle all your responsibility? You're a mother of five (laughs) and holding several jobs, four or how many? how do you handle all of the above copious
1: amounts of caffeine sadly if i had to admit that i had a vice caffeine would be it um but uh it's honestly it's that just desire to to know to, to like i said be curious that drive keeps me driving forward um and yeah just like just like Katie, um, always just staying, keeping, retaining some sense of wonder about the world uh, that keeps me going. You know, always realizing that the world is bigger than my own backyard and not wanting to fall asleep for fear of missing out. You know, I wanna know about it all. And hopefully, Katie encourages kids to be the same way and, and, you know, grab your copy and see how much fun she has and have the fun right along with her.
0: With her. What is the funniest or the most bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author event? Or in your case, maybe during a presentation? Or both, <laughs> whatever's funny. Wow. the funniest,
1: okay. Um. Hmm. You never know with me uh, in a live event what you're gonna get. Uh, I have shown up dressed as mother goose. I have shown up dressed as a five foot seven crawfish. I have come in full pirate regalia, head to toe. Um, and I think probably some of the best things that, um, I have ever experienced in a live presentation is when I work with kids, Uh, if I do, if I've done a school presentation or if I've done, um, an in-person library event or, Mm -hmm. um, even a book festival event, because with actors will tell you this too, Um, working with kids and animals, you never know. (laughs) Um, And as an actor, as well as being a writer, um, one of the the, the best things and the funniest things is when my little cohorts that I call up to get involved in the presentation upstage me. Um, Oh, yes. It's, I, it never it makes me upset or anything like that. As a matter of fact, I am usually the one who is just crying in tears because I am laughing so hard because kids today, they're, they're so smart. They're so funny. We just got to listen, um, <laughs> because they're great. They're absolutely fabulous. And I think that's another reason why I love writing for children is because kids you guys you are what makes this world go round let me tell
0: you and kudos to you guys so what is next for melinda in 2022 oh
1: hold on world because here she comes um so uh, I made a promise to myself that by the time I was 50 years of age, I would be making a living writing or doing writing-related activities full time. And I am proud to say that I made it uh, when I turned 49. Um, I was able. Yeah, I was able to make the switch, um, and now everything I do uh, is pretty much. Writing related. I, I edit, I write, I illustrate, I write blog articles, um, I do ghostwriting for different clients. Um, I just, I, I, that's what I, I do it. now, which is great. I love it. Uh, it keeps me hopping, let me tell you. Um, but when I, uh, after I wrote the first book, which was The Gubbins Club, um, I decided to go ahead and establish my own company, Wagging Tales Press,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and under Wagging Tails Press, uh, we publish books that are authored by me, but I'm also working with some other authors on bringing their stories uh, to print, uh, but it has... Business has been booming this year. Uh, And to all my independent author friends out there, uh, one suggestion that I would wholeheartedly make to you if you're looking, especially during this fantastic holiday gift-giving season, uh, look and see if there are local craft shows and farmer's markets going on in your area more often than not, you will be one of the only, if not the only, book authors represented at those events. And as such, you tend to stand out amongst all of the door wreaths, the hair bows, you know, the personalized coffee cups and things like that. And It's a great way to get out there and meet your readership where they are. Um, You know, people are looking for that unique gift to give to their children, to their mom, to their grandmother. And no matter what type of book you write, be it a children's book or be it a mystery, be it a romance, you might have just the product that they're looking for, but you got to get out there.
0: Very important. I have to second that. Very important to go out there, meet your fans and friends as often as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you like to read to us, Melinda? I will. How much time do we have, Emma? Oh, we have time. Like, if you can read for three minutes, if that works for you, three to five. All right, well, I'll go
1: ahead and I will put on my eyeballs because otherwise I'm not going to even see what's on the page. So we're going to read The Clever Cheese curl Caper from Katie Q. Putt's Curious Casebook. It's snack food sabotage, Elmer Green bellowed. Chief Tom Putt stood looking at the large empty space in the chip and snack aisle at the green grocer. Greens and Elmer's family had served Freiburg residents for generations. Now, Elmer managed the small grocery store. His wife, Louise, ran the cash register. His teenage son, Reggie, backed groceries and stocked the shelves. Except it seemed he'd forgotten to stock the Curly's Cheesy Cheese Curls. Though Reggie swore he had stocked the shelves full the night before, there was now a gaping hole yawning between the potato chips and the pretzel sticks.
0: It was Mike Mulligan. I know it.
1: Elmer's face reddened like the apples in the produce section. Mike Mulligan was Freiburg's most recent citizen. He'd moved from the big city and opened Mulligan's market right across the street from the greengrocer. The chief waved his hand slowly. Now hold on, Elmer. Why
0: don't we start at the beginning? Well, you know that Curly's cheesy cheese curls are the most popular snack food in Freiburg. Chief Putt rubbed his hand over his midsection. Now, yeah, I
1: think I might have an idea. Well, until Mike Mulligan opened his store, the greengrocer was the only place in town you could buy them. Curly's Cheesy Cheese Curls are a big part of my business. Well, that's dandy, Chief Putt mumbled distractedly. He had just leaned against the canned green beads and now had a crumbly orange stain streaking the shoulder of his normally pristine uniform.
0: Oh, it's not dandy. It's disastrous, Elmer moaned. Mulligan started stocking them in his store. And what's worse? He's stealing my supply right under my
1: nose. The chief forgot about the stain and looked at Elmer. Now that's a serious accusation, Elmer. Can you prove it?
0: Of course I can. I left the store around six last night. Reggie stayed behind to finish stocking the shelves. We had just gotten a
1: delivery on canned goods, Elmer began. Reggie picked up where his dad left off. Well, that's right, and then I left around half past six, locked the back door, and headed straight home. Mrs. Green
0: nodded. Reggie knows I like to serve dinner promptly at seven. He came in, washed up, and came right to the dinner table. He didn't eat much, though, I'm afraid. I was even serving his favorite, liver and Brussels sprouts.
1: Katie wrinkled her nose. She wasn't sure she would have eaten
0: anything either. Anyway, when I arrived the next morning, I found my entire supply of cheesy cheese curls gone. I went straight to the security camera footage and saw Mike Mulligan peeking
1: in the front windows. So I immediately called the police and came out front to wait for you to arrive. ''Did you actually see him stealing
0: the cheese curls?''
1: the chief asked. Elmer faltered.
0: ''Well, not exactly. I only have the one camera and he stepped out of frame, but I'm sure he went around and broke through the back door. That's how the lock got broken.''
1: ''Most mysteries were easy to solve,'' Katie figured. ''You only needed to pay attention.'' Grown-ups were just too distracted by the details of everyday life to notice the little things. But clever Katie noticed them. Maybe that's why she wasn't buying the story Mr. Green was selling to Chief Putt. She wrote in the notebook she always carried with her and showed it to her father. Chief Putt read the note, then lowered a gaze at Elmer. The only frame that's going on here is the one you're trying to pull on Mike Mulligan. I think your cheese curl caper was pulled off by someone a little closer to home. And if you think you can solve the mystery before Katie does, go ahead and see if you can figure it out. The answer is on page 105 in The Curious Casebook of Katie
0: Q. Putt. Excellent. Thank you. Can you announce the details of your book giveaway, Melinda? I can. And thank you so much again for
1: having me here on the podcast. The first person to email me at info at waggingtailspress.com. That's W-A-G-G-I-N-G-T-A-L-E-S-P-R-E-S-S.com will be the lucky recipient of a copy of The Curious Casebook of Katie Q. Potts. All you have to do again is be the first person to email me at info at
0: waggingtailspress.com. Thank you. Yes. And since this is our Christmas special, we are sharing our favorite Christmas memories. Melinda, can you share with our listeners your favorite Christmas memory? Favorite Christmas memory?
1: Wow. Oh, there's so, so many of them. Um, m- Christmas for me has always had a sort of magical feeling uh, because I was very, very fortunate to have both a great uncle and a grandfather who worked at Disney World.
0: Oh, so
1: They both lived, one lived in Winter Garden and one lived in acoe, Florida, which is about 20 minutes outside of Orlando. And every Christmas, we made a family road trip down oh. to Florida um, to go visit. And so I spent many, many, many Christmases in Disney World, Um, but I think in association with that road, one of those road trips, I can remember always as a child trying to stay awake as we went, as my dad put it, under Georgia, and because we took that road trip from Metairie, Louisiana, through Mississippi, through Alabama, and then with the Florida panhandle, if you're looking at a map, Mm -hmm. it's under Georgia, Georgia, but as a five-year-old child, six-year-old child, to me, the word under meant that there was something on top of me, and so I always tried to stay awake to see what the underside of Georgia looked like,
0: and I never got to see it. you never, (laughs) I love it. So if I had to come up with a favorite Christmas memory,
1: it was a Christmas road trip, years and years of trying to see what the underside of Georgia looked
0: like. I guess you'll never find out. I guess not. You will always stay curious forever. (laughs) There you go. It started young. (laughs) All right. Before we do our parting shots, I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavant and Digital Quill Services for Writers, with author Colleen Nye. Parting shots. Melinda, you go first. All right. Parting shots. Well, as this
1: is the holiday special, A happy holiday greeting to one and all, no matter what holiday you celebrate during this time of year, peace and love goes out to all of you. Stay safe. Remember, we're not quite through this whole COVID mess yet. So keep each other safe, keep your loved ones safe, but more importantly, keep the love in your heart close. And happy holidays, everyone.
0: And my parting shots, buy indie, read indie, and write indie. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening and Merry Christmas. (laughs) Thank you, Melinda, for being on the show. Thank you so much and have a happy holiday yourself.